Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style and powerography would like to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners quartz and canary jewelry and wellness company use code empower 15 to receive 15 percent off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com quartz and canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style hello there brad walsh here your host of the empowerography podcast today my guest is Kaki lee she is the owner and founder of the abundant goddess academy and also the host of the awakened feminine podcast how are you doing this morning Kaki? i'm doing great thanks brad well morning here for me evening for yeah, you it you're is. on the other side of the world <laughs> Exactly 12 hours apart. (laughs) I just want to say thank you so very much for taking the time to be here with me today and share a bit about your story and your journey with myself and the Empowerography community. It's such an honor and a pleasure to have you here and I appreciate you. Thank you so much. I'm very, very excited and I definitely appreciate and very grateful to be here with you. So let's jump right in. As mentioned, you are the owner and founder of the Abundant Goddess Academy. You're also the host of the Awakened Feminine Podcast. How long ago did you start or found the Abundant Goddess Academy? So the Abundant Goddess Academy has had a few iterations, Okay. Um, but the most recent one would be about, gosh, let me think, I'm trying to count the months, <laughs> a good nine months ago, but everything started over two years ago. Can you share with us a little bit about what the Abundant Goddess Academy is all about? Yeah, sure. So I teach women how to make money without starting their own business and without working for someone else. So I do that by teaching them how to share trade on the stock market in the US and using only less than one hour per week. So that is why it's the Abundant Goddess Academy. And um, I bring in also the mindset and energetics tools that are required to be even more successful in trading because just relying on the strategy, it's, I think is only like 30% really. Well, Mm. that's a very appropriate name. It's very fitting for sure for the (laughs) the academy and for what you're doing and what you're teaching these women. Now, I know there's a bit of a story that goes along with your why, the inspiration behind starting the the Abundant Goddess Academy. Can you share a little bit about that and what led you to start this business? Yeah, sure. So I need to jump back to nearly three years ago, or actually maybe even nearly five years ago (laughs) or more than that. So I had my first daughter in 2015. So I was running the children's hospital pharmacy in Perth and Mm -hmm. on my maternity leave had postnatal depression, which was later, later diagnosed. And when I went back to work, I really realized that I didn't really want to work for someone anymore. I don't know, something changed. And so that kind of started my journey to look for something, but I had no idea what I was looking for. I just knew I wanted to do my own thing. So then fast forward about four years later, 
2019, I had my second daughter. So just nearly three years ago. And it was really funny because I was looking all this time. I couldn't really find anything. I did a few things here and there, but didn't really feel right for me. And when I went on maternity leave the second time around, I had this feeling that I won't be going back to work. I had no idea whatsoever what I'll be doing <laughs> because I hadn't found a thing yet. But about nine months prior to my maternity leave, I bought this course and it was to teach me this strategy, which I now teach, but with my little additions to. Yeah. And I went, oh, you know what? I'm just going to do this. So first day of my maternity leave, I'm like, all right, Kaki, let's just sit down and do this <laughs> course. So you know, for the whole month before I gave birth, I was, you know, doing the course and learning everything. And I remember the night that I gave birth, I was talking on to the coach on the laptop and he's yeah. like, Hey, where are you? What are you doing? I'm like, just had a birth, just what? like, just had a baby. And he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I'm in the hospital. The baby's <laughs> sleeping. What else am I supposed to do? <laughs> so, um, yeah. And then, you know, I started playing around with it and started actually trading my real money. And I went, oh, okay, well, this is working great. And then within six to nine months, about six months, I started going, oh, I'm actually earning more per month than what I was earning at work. Wow. In six months? In six months. So per month. Yeah. And then I went, okay, cool. That's great. And then in about nine months, I went, oh, I've replaced my six-figure income. (laughs) And I went, oh, right, this is amazing. And I went, all right, if I can hold, like, if I can do this for another, you know, however many months, then I'm just going to tell work that I'm not going to go back. Because at this time, I had already said to my boss, can I extend my maternity leave a bit longer? (laughs) I already had the one year off. And yeah, so that's when I went, all right, Everyone needs to know about this because we've been programmed as a society to think that we need to work really, 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 really long hours to make money and that we need to just work really hard in general. And I've just discovered this thing, this strategy where I don't need to do either of those things. Incredible. Now, so where did or how did you come up with the idea to put your spin on it? I mean, let's say, why did you decide to put your, I guess, flavor or spin on that when you could have just really just taught what you just learned and what is your spin that you added to this to help? Yeah. So Kaki likes to do her own things and experiment. (laughs) (laughs) So if you tell me not to do something, I'll probably go and do it. So I remember my coach, you know, saying in his videos not to do this. And then I remember like messaging him like, oh, why can't I do this? And he just gave me a little explanation. I'm like, so what if I did it? So I just went and did it. Obviously didn't tell him that I went to experiment and went, all right, I can understand. So learning that particular strategy that I was taught in the course, and then I was then playing around with different things as well, which helped me to understand how everything worked more and streamline the process more as well. And also along that journey of, you know, making money and also losing money. So let's be real here. You you know, you're not always going to win on the stock market, but you just need to make sure you know what to do and all those kind of things. And I realized that I went, oh, hmm. every time I lost money, there was something that was happening in my life where I was not feeling good. So I was like going, oh, okay. That was when I was freaking out about something that's happened in my life. 
that was when I actually put in my resignation to quit my job. And I was like, oh my gosh, I really don't have a backup plan. Yeah. And those things that were kind of in the back of my mind, but actually affected me energetically, affected my trading results. So I went, oh, okay, this is, this, this is a bit like, oh, is this real? Yeah. Or is this just me making things up? I mean, along with the energetics and the mindset, you know, you need, really need to be able to not be emotional when you're trading, because if you stay in a trade and you know it's not going well, it's probably going to keep gonna not spy- going well. Yeah, you're going to spiral. Yeah. So you need to know, like, just be emotionally unattached. So that's okay. the mindset piece of it. So then I went back and looked at, you know, all the times I lost money. I'm like, okay, right. There is something to it. And lo and behold, I found this book and it was by a guru. Well, not, I shouldn't say guru, but by this man who's passed away now. I can't remember his name now, but anyway, his book. So he teaches like the big hedge fund, like investors, how to better their trading. Okay. The ones that, you know, use strategy only and look at graphs and all that. He brings in intuition. He brings in the mindset. He brings in all those things. I'm like, oh, so it's not me just thinking this is yeah. like something that I've made up. So then I kind of started looking into that. I went, oh, right. There's nothing on the market where you're teaching the trading, you're teaching the mindset and the energetics required to really boost how, you know, how you go in your trading. Yeah. So that's why I've put it together because there's nothing like that. And also trading is very masculine. Nothing, you know, there's not criticizing men or, you know, masculine at all, but Mm -hmm. it is when you think about stock trading. I mean, I'm going to show my age, but when I think about it, I think of, (laughs) I think of, you know, those rooms in the olden days where they're on the floor, stock market floor, and they're shouting across each other and there's this screen. So very Wolf of Wall Street type. That's what, that's my thinking of stock um, share trading. So it's very aggressive. It's very loud. It's very like, you know. In your face. Yeah, in your face, intense. Yeah, I just felt like, I think we need to bring in some feminine into here because the successful traders actually use their feminine energy. Like the male successful traders use their intuition, use the energetics, but they don't, you know, say that out loud. Yes, of course. (laughs) I love it. I think that's brilliant. So how would you say then these experiences have helped you in your entrepreneurial journey in terms of the work you do with your clients, the experiences you went through personally from transitioning out of, we'll call it corporate into entrepreneurship now? and what you've learned. Yeah, it's definitely helps a lot because I can really see myself back then in them, like when they start with me. So it's very interesting that I think it's just how it works. You attract the people that need what you have. So, so I found that, you know, people that have just started their spiritual journey as well. I mean, I just, I don't just look after people that want to share trade, but a lot of them, they're starting their, their spiritual journey. So then I find, okay, cool. I can help them with that because that was something that started when I had my daughters. It was becoming more spiritual and getting more in tune with myself. And even with share trading, because I bring in that mindset and energetics and it's still considered a bit woo-woo, I guess, if you want to put it that way. So some of them are actually closet spiritual people. (laughs) So (laughs) I help draw that, you know, draw them out of the closet. So 
it definitely, I find everything that's happened for me in my journey helps me to help my clients on what's happening for them in their journey. So how was that transition for you from corporate life into entrepreneurship? I think because I was on maternity leave when I resigned, it wasn't as big an impact in terms of feeling weird about not going to work. But in terms of the mindset, it was major because I'm so used to working for someone else and you have your, I guess you have a more of a structured day when you work for someone else. You have these things that you know what you're going to be doing in the morning, what you're going to be doing in the you know afternoon. Although I was a manager, so things were a bit more sporadic and I was able to control my time quite a bit more when I was working. But going into entrepreneurship is like, oh, I need to just think about me yeah. and look after everything about me. And I was someone that was very good at looking after other people. So the transition was very hard when I went, oh, it's khaki. I need yeah. to look after khaki. And I've never looked after khaki. So that well, was the bit that was very hard. Well, also being a woman, naturally women are nurturers and they usually put everyone else before them. They put themselves on the back burner. So that would be a huge mindset shift for sure. Yeah. And it's still a mindset shift that yeah. I'm working through. No yeah. doubt. So do you work with only women in your business then? And if so, why have you decided to focus solely on women? I work with men as well, but my focus is more on women. Just a quick backstory. I just changed my business to the Abundant Goddess Academy. Before that, it was Unlimited Abundance Academy because I want it to be more unisex. But the Abundant Goddess Academy was the original name that I had before. So I just got in my head and went, oh, I want to work with men and women. But really, I think being a mom, having gone through my journey, and also right now, a lot of people in my space are women, or, you know, men like yourself who are empowering women or helping men discover their feminine. Right. It was like, you know, it just feels so much better for me to focus on women. Yeah. I can still work with men for sure. Actually really good with working with men, <laughs> but, but it just feels so much more at home. I think is yeah. probably the, yeah, that's what it feels. It just feels more natural and okay. yeah. That for me makes to work sense. With men. That makes yeah. sense. So what type of person or client is your ideal client? Like what things do you look for in a potential client before deciding to work with them? Yeah. So my potential clients, my clients are women that know they are meant for more. So that is in the back of the heads, but they just don't know that they can, and they are needing to be willing to make that change and transition. And they are able to look outside the box and they're able to open their eyes to different opportunities. And they are humble. They're you know, willing to be coachable and learn and be also be able to tell me if they're not happy about something as well. And also for me, it's very important that I have a really good heart connection with them. So I kind of know when I speak to them for the first time, whether I can work with them or not mostly. So that's usually the people. Have you you had to turn away people because there just wasn't that heart connection there? Yeah, I've had to. Yeah. 
And and how do you tell them that? Like, what do you say? I just tell them that I'm really sorry. I don't think I can help you at this time. And then I refer them to other people. So I don't want to leave them hanging because there's always someone for them. So for example, you know, if people that just want to learn the strategy and I know that I can't work with them, like energetically, there's not that match. And I know they want to learn the strategy. I will refer them to my coach. That taught right. me because the course, the he's course not that actually, you took. yeah, the course, yeah. yeah, that I took because he's not hands-on is very much online and there's support, but it's not support directly from him. Right. But then that works, you know, for yeah. that person. Yeah. yeah. I love the name. Can you tell us a bit about how you came up with the name, where it came from? For your the business. Abundant goddess. Yeah. Uh, if I tell you, it just kind of came through. Does that work? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's of course, absolutely. If that's how it came to be, that's how it came to be. Yeah, and that's how it came to be. So, was the stock market? I mean, before you you took the course, had you ever even considered like playing? Had you ever tossed around and played <laughs> with the idea of playing the stock market, or was this just you found this course and you just dove in? You'd never even done anything with the stock market at all previously. No. So I have played around in the stock market before. My dad is very entrepreneurial and he's always taught me that, you know, if I want to get, you know, financially free, that I need to either start my own business or invest in the stock market or property and all those things. So I started on the stock market probably when I was about 18. He taught me how to trade, but my dad was a self-taught and he probably was more a gambler (laughs) than than actually knew what he was doing. I mean, his heart was in the right place. His mind was in the right place. It's just that he was still needing to learn it himself. He's a lot better at it now. Right. And I've taught him to use his I was going to say, have you, have you taught him? (laughs) Yeah. I've taught him to use his intuition and then he'll come and tell me, he's like, yeah, I listened to my intuition and you know, blah, 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 it worked. And then the next time (laughs) I didn't listen to it and then I lost money. I'm like, "Uh." (laughs) there you go. There's the proof. The proof is in the pudding as they say. Yeah. So most of your clients that come to you, have they had any experience on the stock market at all? Or are they mostly fresh, like green to the stock market? Zero experience. Zero experience. Okay. Zero. Yeah. What is it that lights you up or inspires you the most about the work that you do? Oh, it's being able to show women or men that work with me that there are other ways to create that financial freedom, time freedom that they're after. Because I think if you look online, there's so much about, hey, start your own business, write your blog, you know, all those things. But this requires zero human interaction. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't want to interact with a human, you don't need to, apart from me who's teaching you. Yeah. But, you know, and a lot of times that's what people want. You know, they just want to be left alone they just want to find something that works and they don't need to do all all the different things so that's what lights me up and seeing them see and have those light bulb moments going oh I just clicked those buttons and I made like 300 bucks yeah oh I clicked you know, it's like, what well, I would have had to work a whole day to make yeah. $200. Yeah. And I did right? that with a click of a button. Yes. And it just absolutely blows their mind. And I love seeing that. And then helping to reprogram their stories around money and working and all those things. It just really makes me really, really, really happy. <laughs> now you say that you teach the strategy mindset and energy tools you use to replace your six-figure income so how important a part did mindset play in helping you and just how important is mindset to our daily routines and our successes in your opinion 
It is very, very, very important. Your mindset and also your energy is very important in your everyday because your mind likes to wander. So if you don't give your mind a task, it's going to go, oh, hello, squirrel, squirrel, shiny (laughs) object. So it's really important to be able to focus your mind. And I know I'm someone that has shiny object syndrome and squirrels are very interesting to me. (laughs) So for me, it's really important to, when I'm aware of it, to bring myself back. Okay, what is the task on hand? And really get my mind to focus on the task being completed. And then somehow it will just magically happen. We'll all fall into place. Mm. So in keeping with that theme of strategy and mindset, what does your morning morning routine look like? What do you do to keep yourself on task? I used to have a checklist of things I do for my morning routine. And then I realized that that was not actually very attainable and, and helpful for me. It actually stressed me out in the morning because I was like, I'm not getting all my morning routine done. Right. I had journaling, I had meditation, I had breath work, I had affirmations, I had all of the reading, things. all the things. And it was just ridiculous. And I also have two young children. I've got a six-year-old and a two-year-old. So it was like, okay, I'll get really upset if I can't finish the whole routine before they wake up. So that means I had to wake up early, which meant I was lacking in sleep but it was just not sustainable for me so for me now what I find is I wake up I just give myself a little pep talk and just tell myself you're beautiful you are whatever it is I feel like that day telling myself and telling myself you know who I want to be what I want to achieve for the day and if I have time I'll do some breath work If I have time, then I'll do some energy clearing or if I feel like it. So it's really much more intuitive my morning routines now rather than having this to-do list that was actually keeping me stuck more than actually helping me. Yeah, because if you weren't checking off all the things, it's like, oh shit, I didn't get everything on my list checked off today. And then you start feeling like shit about yourself and, you know, (laughs) frustrated with yourself and all the rest. So that makes, that makes sense. Yeah. So Kaki, I want to speak a little bit about your podcast now. You're, as mentioned, you're also a podcast host. Can you tell us a bit about the podcast? Yes, sure. So my podcast is called The Awakened Feminine. And on the podcast, I share stories of women. It could be the expertise. It could be the journey. It's basically whatever they want. But I wanted to give women a platform to share them and celebrate them So that is really what my podcast is about, is sharing their love and their wisdom with, you know, my audience and their audience. Now, is it always interview style or do you do solo episodes as well? It's mostly interview style. I did do solo episodes for a little while, but I just, it just didn't feel right. So now they're just all interviews. I know what you mean. It doesn't, it just feels odd doing solo (laughs) episodes. I, I've done, I think I've only done one. And that was just basically to give a brief overview of my story, but it just feels odd talking to myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it depends on like what your podcast is about. But for my podcast in that, you know, in its current state, it just doesn't feel right. Yeah, yeah, understood. So what inspired you to start a podcast? 
if I told you, it just came to me. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm noticing a theme here, Kaki. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> so I'll give you, it, it's a funny story. I think it's funny. So um, this was probably about six months into my entrepreneur journey. So about a year and a half ago, more just over a year and a half ago, I was like, oh my goodness, I need help to set up my coaching business and you know, so I was like in this desperation mode and I was working with like, I was working with a coach and I was doing another program on how to set up, you know, set up coaching. Okay. Nothing to do with podcasts. Podcast yeah. was on my like nice to do list. And um, at that time, every single morning I was listening to this particular meditation to help connect with like your spirit guides. And one morning I just heard loud and clear, start a podcast. And yeah. I remember going, thinking in my head, or, you know, telling my spirit guys, whatever you want to call it. I don't have time to scratch my butt. Like I really <laughs> don't have time to scratch my butt. Like I've got two kids. I'm trying to start this coaching business. My husband was working away at that time. I was solo parenting. So come on, like really, this is not. Not in the cards. <laughs> not, not in the cards right now. But I heard it loud and clear. So I kind of went, okay, right. If I start my podcast, you know, what is it? And it was like instant. I had the name. I had what my podcast was about. It wasn't even like I had to think about the name and I had to think about, you know, and I had the people that I was going to interview. Yeah. It just came. It was like that. It was that easy. So I started my podcast within a month of getting that message. Well, the universe obviously didn't care if you didn't have time to scratch your ass or not. <laughs> no. So what happened was I ended up putting aside the, the coaching program course that I was doing yeah. and the coach that I was working specifically with, I said to her, look, and she's, she's very spiritual and so she understood. I went, look, I got this message this morning and she's like, okay, let's move our direction. And so she was the one that actually helped me set up, you know, my podcast and teach okay. me what to do. And I, I love her to be bits. She was the, my first guest on my podcast. Lovely. That's beautiful. Mm. Well, there's quite a theme here, Kaki, for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The downloads so I just come got in. It. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So I want to speak, keeping more in the theme of women and you working with women and women in entrepreneurship. I come from a corporate background and there's still that mindset then when I left in 2017 of the old boys club mentality when it comes to equal pay for women and women in C-suite level positions in these corporations. Now, I don't know whether you experienced that in the world you worked in, but I think it's ridiculous that we are still dealing with and still see this 1930s, 1940s mentality. There's no space or place for it, in my opinion, in the world today. It's, it's got to go. So I'm curious. I mean, we are starting to see a shift, I think, where more women are stepping into their authentic power and using their voice and stepping out of that world because they're tired of being treated that way. What are your thoughts on the landscape of entrepreneurship and women-run businesses and what you've seen in your experience? Until I started my business, I didn't realize how many women there are in business right. and how many women are rocking it in business. There is definitely still quite, I find still, you know, the big names out there are still very male or yeah. they're men. But I'm finding that, I don't know if it's maybe Facebook algorithms or Instagram algorithms, <laughs> but I definitely see more women on, you know, in my life, in the entrepreneurial space. So I think that definitely is, you know, shifting. Women are like, you know, I want to take back my power. 
and yeah. I want to, you know, step into my calling and, you know, screw the nine to five, screw yeah. the C, you know, all that. I can do this on my own and get paid more. And, you know, I've met these women. I interview these women. So, and yeah. But in terms of like, for me, like while I was working, because I work for the government, everyone, male and female, get the same pay. So I never actually experienced that. But definitely in terms of discrimination after you've had kids going back to work as a woman, that again, should not exist. Oh, it could, <laughs> absolutely. It's ridiculous. Well, it, yeah. it's great to see that things are starting to shift. And I think that I think COVID played a big part in Definitely. starting that shift. I mean, I'm sure the shift started before that, but I think COVID really shone a light on that. And women are realizing, you know what? We don't have to live this way anymore. We don't have to take this shit. We don't have to put up with this anymore. There is another way. And I think that's, I think we can generalize that as well for people. I think people mm. really have awakened and thought, we don't have to put up with this shit anymore. We don't have to live this way anymore. What we've been conditioned and how we've been conditioned to live this way is drastically changing. And COVID, I think, played a huge part in bringing that to light. Yeah. And I've talked to a few people where we call that the gift of COVID. Yeah. Because yeah. it's really allowed everyone, you know, men and women to pause and reflect on what they actually want in their lives because sure. they had no choice but to kind of look at their lives because they were stuck at home yeah. with kids and working. And it's like, well, you know, I can create a better lifestyle than yeah. what I was doing. Yeah, definitely. Kaki, what do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? My unique superpower, I think is that I'm generally very kind and helpful. <laughs> so that, and I really believe that when you are a good person and you help other people, you receive that back you know, yeah. tenfold or more. And that definitely has been one of my superpowers because I am someone that is helpful. I get a lot of help in return. But in terms of like what I'm doing in, for my business, I'm really good at listening and I I actually have this ability to see through people's bullshit. So if, <laughs> bullshit if my detector. clients are telling me something, <laughs> I'll be like, Okay. And then we'll talk about it a bit more. And then they're like, okay, fine. <laughs> the <laughs> truth comes out. <laughs> and I don't do it in a way that makes them feel bad about themselves. I right. think that's a skill because yeah. I know people that are blunt or people that I have a problem with coaches that tell people that they're not good enough or that you know, they need to do certain things. Because, you know, usually when you need a coach, you're probably already feeling not good enough. And for yeah. your coach to tell you, I've had co a coach like that. So that's just coming from my personal experience. So right. I have a real problem with that. So for yeah. me, when I started coaching, for me, it was very important to make people feel loved. And I've always been very good at making people feel loved from even, you know, back in my corporate, back in the hospital. Speaking of success, how do you define that word? What does that word mean to you? Success means doing what I want when I want. So I know a lot of people define success as money, but I realize that that isn't the case. And success, your definition can change over time, depending on where you are in your journey. So right now for me, success is being able to spend time with my kids without having to worry about, you know, dropping them off before I go to work. You know, I have that time to take them to school I have that, that time to pick them up from school. It's for me, that is success because I can actually do that because of, you know, of my business and, yeah. you know, my trading and all that kind of things. Yeah. So um, whilst people might go, oh, well, you know, 
isn't the success part your business or your trading? No, because for me, the successful part is actually the time and the quality of my relationships. So that's that's success for me at the moment. What was a turning point in your life and how did that affect you? The turning point in my life was when I actually went to get help for my postnatal depression. Yeah. So after I had my first daughter, I was depressed, but I didn't know it. I was one of those high functioning depressed people. And I also, I think there's still such a big stigma around depression and mental health. Absolutely. Yeah. So I didn't want to believe that I had depression. I felt like shit. You know, I don't know why I was really upset and just hated myself all the time and hated my husband and just, you know, sometimes thought about, you know, going off, running off with my child or, you know, running off and into the ocean. But, you know, I just went, oh, you know, why am I even thinking those things? That's just stupid. You know, my life is great on the outside. Everything's perfect. So I didn't really get diagnosed until my daughter was, what was she, about two and a half when I went, I actually need help because I started crying every single night and my husband's like, whoa, what is happening? So that was a big turning point for me to actually accept that there was something wrong and start looking for help. And that's also the time when I started, you know, understanding, like when I started getting into energetics and spirituality as well. Yeah, Hmm. Mm. Interesting turn. I mean, mental health is is such a huge problem and it it's unfortunate because it still does get swept under the rug and and like it's a dirty secret and people still don't want to talk about it even in today's day and age with how many people around the world suffer from it it is still frowned upon or or looked upon as something terrible and that shouldn't be talked about and i mean i think that we have progressed in the way of it is starting to be talked about more than it used to, like when our parents were were younger, our age or younger and going through things like that. It was definitely not discussed at all back then, but it, I think we still have a long way to go. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I remember my brother had depression when he was a teenager and my parents' reaction was, what the hell is depression? Yeah. Like, you just get on with it. Yeah. Just, <laughs> Especially for on, like Asian people up. is yeah. even like, it's like, what do you mean? It's not even it's not even a disease. It's yeah. not a made up thing, you know, yeah. for them. But now they understand it more. But yeah, it definitely needs to be out there much more. Yeah. And there's all these different iterations because for me, no one knew. Like you wouldn't be able to tell at all that right. I was depressed in any way. I was still functioning like a normal person. I was still, you know, my overachiever self-workaholic and everything else (laughs) I was doing. Aki, what would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before you learned it? And what was your life like after you learned it? Hmm. The most important thing is to look after me. That was the biggest lesson for me because part of my depression was also because I wasn't looking after myself. Like I said before, I looked after everyone except me. Kaki was always last. So that was a major thing. I used to drop everything at the drop of a hat. If my friends needed me, I'll be there. I was in the labor ward with my girlfriend, you know, when she was giving birth. That's me, you know. So the thing that's changed the most is how I view myself and how I look after myself. I would not be doing things that I don't want to do anymore. I set boundaries now and it's made such a big difference for my life. My parents used to expect 
demand, I should say, that I drop everything for them. Right. But now, you know, they actually ask me. It's actually amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that my, you know, nothing. I'm not saying I'm not criticizing my parents at all. That's no, just no, no. you know how the relationship has been and yeah. how. You know, it's definitely changed my life, and even like with my kids, being able to set boundaries with them, and for them to set boundaries with me. So mm, it's not、okay. just me that is, you know, that has improved, but I can teach that to other people. Yeah, yeah. What does the word empowerment mean to you?、Mm. When I think of the word empowerment, I think about giving power. So. Empowering others is giving power to others, not in the sense where they are authoritative and like、right. you know, putting that kind of power over you, but giving them the power to be themselves without without fear of judgment. You know, giving them power to be confident, giving them power to do what they want to do and not what other people want them to do. Giving them the power to think for themselves. So when I think of empowerment, that's what I yeah, that's what I think of. What do you do to keep yourself inspired every day and to inspire others?、Hmm. I like reading, so I do do quite a bit of reading. Audio books now are more my friends because of children. <laughs> time, time constraints. <laughs> yeah, and keeping me inspired. Really getting back to why I'm doing all this, all the things that I do. Because、um, I think when I started trading, I was like, "Where am I putting out myself out there to, you know, teach other people?" I could just not do that. But for me, the big thing that came to me was that I'm here to help others to do the same thing as me, whether it's exactly the same or similar. To you know, to know that there's other ways. So that's what really inspires me is bringing that back. And also, the other thing is having time with my children. You know, they're little. At the moment, and they're not going to be little forever. That's right.、So、the time what, goes by very quickly. Yeah, and they inspire me every day because they teach me <laughs> every day <laughs> how to be, you know, a better version of me. Because they are my biggest teacher, my biggest mirror. So that's what keeps me inspired and keeps me going every single day. I love that. We're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions just be one, two, three, forward answer type thing. Okay. Okay. Would you rather have more time or more money? Time. If you were writing your autobiography, what would the title be? Ooh, that's a hard one. <laughs> I always call it the awakened mum. What was your dream job as a child? My dream job was actually to be an actress. Wow. Did you ever pursue anything like acting classes or anything like that? Nope. Okay, <laughs> it's just a dream job. All right, it was just a dream job. How would you describe yourself in one word? Kind. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Self love. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Well, time, more time. Yeah. What is one of your favorite entrepreneurial books? Hmm. I don't think I have a favorite entrepreneurial book, but I do have a favorite book that、okay. shifted everything for me, and that was the Super Attractor by Gabby Bernstein. That really shifted a lot of things for me and helped me connect with. Sorry, this was supposed to be like three. No,、words. that's okay. No, no, no. <laughs> but yeah, it helped me connect with spirit. Okay, that concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> What is one thing you know now that you wish you knew when you started your entrepreneurial journey? To get help, <laughs> that's a big one. People have such a hard time asking for help. Yeah, because that would have solved a lot of problems a lot earlier on. 
And I found that people are more than willing to help out. All you have to do is ask. I mean, people aren't mind readers. You have to ask. And listen, I mean, a big part of that, I think, is fear of being rejected. But Mm -hmm. really, the worst thing that can happen is they say no. And Mm -hmm. it's okay, say no, that's fine. And move on. There's always going to be someone out there that will be willing to help you. Yes, exactly. And I've found that there are so many people like, just like you said, that are willing to help because they've been where you've been. Exactly. Who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? Oh, the biggest impact on me. I'll say it's my dad because he's taught me so much about entrepreneurship, you know, mindset. A lot of my dad is very ahead of his times. I think probably my mom and dad on par. And, you know, for someone from their generation that grew up in poverty, they don't think like someone that is, you know, grew up in that kind of environment. Yeah. So they've, they've made the biggest impact on me and, you know, a great impact at that. If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? Hmm. Right now in my life, there's a lady that I look up to a lot right now and her name's Adriana. You know her as well. Yeah. And, you know, in this season of my life, she's definitely someone that I would just love to have a conversation with just to understand how she runs such a successful business and, you know, how she balances everything and how she's still so loving to everyone around her and so helpful. Like she's like an angel that runs business. You know, she's got the angel part. And then she's got a successful business part as well. And it, for me, is like, well, how does this woman do it? So that's a person that I would love to. She is one to. of the most beautiful human beings I have ever met. She is so incredible. Her willingness to support and help people is like no other. And mm-hmm. she is a badass at business too. Like yeah. She, she kicks ass and she doesn't take any shit. Yep. She's amazing. But, she's a truly phenomenal human being. Yeah. I love her so much. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody who knows her loves her. I mean, to know her is to love her. Yeah. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Don't let other people's opinions affect your judgment of yourself. That plays right into the whole mindset piece, which is what we've been talking about throughout Mm. this common thread of this conversation. Yeah. It's such a big thing because a lot of times we don't do something or we do something is because of what we think other people will think. Absolutely. And that's ego because I can almost guarantee you more often than not, people aren't even thinking about you. (laughs) They don't give a shit. (laughs) Yeah. It's nothing to do with you at all. It's ourselves getting in our own way. Yeah. And you think you're so important that they're thinking of you. (laughs) You're right. Yeah. 100%. Lastly, Kaki, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, like your corner of the world, your people, your tribe, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What would you say? What words of wisdom would you impart? If I had to give my last speech, it would be to remember who you are. Don't ever think that you need to be fixed because there is really nothing to be fixed. You are who you are because you are unique and there's only one of you in the world. Don't let others tell you who you should be. Be who you want to be. Be who you are because 
you know, that is the most important. And it all comes down to loving yourself and knowing yourself more than anyone else knows you. Beautifully said. Haki, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. I have truly appreciated and enjoyed this conversation thoroughly. You are an incredible inspiration. Keep shining your bright, beautiful light onto the world with all the work you're doing to help women step into their authenticity, step into their power, find their voice. It's absolutely beautiful. I am so honored and happy and excited to have you as a member of the Empowerography community. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Brad. I just love everything that you're doing to help empower women. You're just absolutely amazing. Thank you. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh. Today, my guest has been Kaki Lee. She is the owner and founder of the Abundant Goddess Academy, as well as the host of the Awakened Feminine podcast. Thanks so much, Kaki. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca and follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.